Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. I began to think about this past year, you know, how that 20, what 2020 represented as we've been through this pan- pandemic. And, and moms, I just want to tell you something that you have been through a lot. I, I started thinking about, you know, uh, how that you had to become teachers overnight. I mean, like many of you in this room, like all of a sudden, you know, you didn't plan to homeschool your children, but when the pandemic hit, that happened. Many of, you are, many of you are breadwinners in your home and, uh, and you know, have time to be housekeepers and all these financial planners and all this stuff. And there's been a lot of pressure on you. And so I want you to know that, that I, I feel that, but I don't understand that because I'm not a mom. And so I just want to tell you that right up front that I don't pretend to have any clue as to what you have been through. But I do want to tell you this, that I, my heart goes out to you because I know it's been a lot. Matter of fact, when I was thinking about this, I remember being back, and I'm gonna, this is going to help some of you that are, that are maybe my age or a little, little younger, that there was this little uh, train that come on this uh, educational program that they showed us at school to help us not give up. And so I just thought about you when, when we watched this again. It, this is from the 70s, so watch, watch this video because this is what I thought about you moms when I was thinking about this. Watch this. I can. I think I can. I I think I can. At last she reached the top of the mountain. And then she popped out joyously. I thought I could. I don't know why, but that could. Anybody remember that video? Anybody remember that? Yes, that's right. That's right. That's the way I thought about it. I thought, man, if there's ever been a time that moms needed that and they probably had to rely on that kind of, I think I can, in these overwhelming moments, it's now. And, uh, and good to see her let off the steam when she made the top, right? And so today I want to talk to you about how do you relieve that pressure? Because there's pressure on all of us. And the moms, I want to lean in a little bit more to you today, but on all of us. And I want every one of us to know that you can, that uh, we all have this pressure. And I've got some words for you. Here we go. When, when all of us are feeling overwhelmed, here's something that you should do. It's give every overwhelming situation the fingers. Okay, not the finger. The fingers. Okay, I want to explain that to you. There's a Bible verse. It's called the Ten Finger Prayer that I want to teach you today, or the uh, Ten Finger saying that you can be reminded to give you strength. And here it is. So, would you just everybody humor me today and put up your hands like this? Okay, come on, like this. You ready? And so, let's say this Ten Finger Prayer together. It's coming up on the screen. Let's say it. You ready? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There you go. Now, wait a minute. Hold your hands up. Keep them up. Notice your posture now. See what you're saying right now? Your hands are saying, God, you got this, okay? And so you can put your hands down. But that's it. 
So every overwhelming situation now, you have a response instead of the one that somebody else taught you. Give them the finger. No, no, no. Give it the fingers. Amen? That's right. So that's it. Next time you're in traffic, don't let go of the wheel, though. <laughs> mm, I'm putting my fingers on you. That's right. So how do you release this pressure? I want to talk to you today out of uh, Proverbs 31. When I mention that, if you've had any history in church at all, know anything about the Bible, ladies, it would be very easy for you to go, oh, my God, here we go. Because Proverbs 31 sort of lists a wonder woman, okay? I mean, it's like when you read about Proverbs 31, it's like this woman is wonder woman. There's no way I can live with that. Matter of fact, I shared with Rhonda. I said, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to talk out of Proverbs 31. So she said, oh, no. You really know how to depress somebody, Jeff. But when you understand Proverbs 31, it's not depressing at all. And today I'm going to shed some light on this. It's going to make it a totally different. I think you're going to be like, oh, okay, I feel better about myself. And so how to release this pressure? The first thing I want to tell all of us, and especially our moms, is this. Is stop comparing your worst season to someone else's best season. Because we all go through seasons, right? We all go through seasons. And so you're in a season right now. Matter of fact, and it starts off in Proverbs 31, again, uh, it says this. It says, uh, the saying of King Lemuel, an oracle his mother taught him. Now, let's understand who is Lemuel, by the way. It is believed that Lemuel is Solomon, and it is, Lemuel is a nickname that his mother gave him. His mother's name, by the way, hold on to this, is Bathsheba. Now, let me just bring that in a little light. Remember David and Goliath? David with his sling killed the Goliath. He became king, right? But also, David, when he became king, uh, he was at his palace one day, and he looked out the window and saw an attractive woman down there, and, and somehow they, they made eye contact, and they got together. She was a married woman. He was married, and so they had an affair. And, and out of that affair, out of that affair, she became pregnant. And so David's like, you know, and, and Bathsheba's like, they discussed this, what are we going to do? And they decided that the best thing to do is to murder her husband, who was off at war. And so, so when you look at this Proverbs 31, it doesn't start off so nice, does it? Now, see, you ain't used to hearing that part, are you? You're used to hearing all this good stuff. No, this woman was jacked up, too. That's all I want to say. Right? All of us are jacked up, right? But we read that, we think, oh, she's so wonderful. No, 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 no. She's messed up. Messed up. And so what I want you to know is Bathsheba is this. But it was a season in her life. We know she got better, but it was a season. She went through a season that she was not proud of, but she went through a season. And what I want to tell you is this, is that Every one of us go through seasons in our life. And, and so right now, you may be in a great season. I mean, things may be clicking for you. Everything's working at home well. Everything's working at work well. Your children are doing well. If that's for you, if that's you, you're in that season, then praise God. Enjoy it, right? Enjoy it. You don't have to feel bad because other people are not having such a... No, enjoy your season. But if you're in a season right now that's not so good, you're in one that there's struggles, and, and greater struggles than you've experienced, then I want to tell you this. There's some words in the Bible that I have hung on to my entire life, and these words are this, and it came to pass. Amen? And it came to pass. That's the greatest words in the Bible, so I just want you to know the season that you're in doesn't last forever. It does come to pass, and you have to understand that, that you're in a season right now. 
You're in a season. And it's so important for you to know that and believe that. And the reason I share that with you, because when you get in those overwhelming situations, it's going to be real easy for you to want to just give life the finger. But you shouldn't give it the finger. You should give it the fingers. As a matter of fact, let's just go and practice it one more time. It's coming up on the screen. You ready? Here we go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? And I can do that. So I can get through. When it's overwhelming, again, right here, my hands are up. Like this, see, I'm trying to hold on, but this way I'm letting go and letting God. Amen? All right. The second thing I would share with you with this was how do you, how to release this pressure. Remember, this is pressure. This is release. How do you release this pressure is this, release the guilt. Release the guilt. When I say release the guilt, I, I, I think that there's no one that could speak to guilt more than Bathsheba. And remember who she was. Remember, she had an affair with the king. She, uh, she got pregnant by David, and then she lost the baby. And so she's thinking, you know what, had I, had I not done this, I would have never got pregnant or whatever, have lost this baby. She actually gave birth to the baby, and the baby just lives just a short time. And, and it was a horrible season. And every time that Bathsheba began to try to do something right, I'm sure the devil told her, well, look at you. Who are you to say anything, right? Isn't that what he does to all of us? He tries, to, he tries to point us back to that one season that we're not proud of, but it was a season. If it's not who we are, we went through a season. Amen? Amen? And so Bathsheba, it would have been real easy for her during this time to, to not say anything. But I want you to know this. Bathsheba did not let her past keep her from speaking up about what was right. right. To her children, she did not let her past hold her down. She didn't let her past hold her back. And the number one tactic that the devil will use on you and me and everybody else is that he will try to use guilt to paralyze you. Amen? He will try to use your guilt because every time that you start to talk to your children or anybody else about godly values, guess what he does? He'll say, well, you remember when, right? Amen. Let me tell you something. That was a season. That's not who you are and that's not who I am. That's something we went through. Amen? We, we hate we did it. It's embarrassing. We wish we hadn't have done it. But it's, it's, not, it's our past. It's not our future. And it's not our present either. Amen? And so Bathsheba didn't do that. And one of the things I would tell you is this, is that, listen, you may not have always gotten it right, but don't let that keep you from saying or teaching your children what's right. Amen? Did you hear it? You may not have always gotten it right, and your children may have witnessed some of that. And you're embarrassed for it. You're ashamed of it. You wish it hadn't happened, okay? But it did happen. And it's okay. And you said, I'm sorry for that, but that is your past. But don't let that hold you back from saying or teaching what's right. And let me just say, I'm not talking about just, I'm not talking about teaching your kids that are smaller. I'm not talking about just your teenagers. I'm talking about your children. It doesn't matter how old they are. Listen, I'm 53. I know some of you just went, wow, you are? You don't look like it. Yeah, right. Some of you said, I thought you were 70, man. I'm shocked. You know what I say to you? Shut up. <laughs> My dad, every Sunday at 3 o'clock, we, we talk on the phone. Every Sunday. We've been doing it for years. And my dad, every Sunday, tells me about giving. Every, he, that's my dad's gift is giving. And he'll say, now, son, you know, you've you got to be a tither. 
I'm like, Dad, I've been a tither since I was 15 years old, Dad. I'm t- you want me to send you my tithing record, Dad? I mean, you know, I mean, he, he's like, but son, I know, but I just don't want to ever, you ever miss that blessing. He's always, every week, to, still to this day, he's always instilling those godly values he never wants me to forget. And you never, ever forget that. You see, our children can't do right. They can't, they can't do better or be better until they know better. Never assume that they know better. The greatest, the greatest tragedy that's happening in our culture and in our country today is moms and dads assuming that their children already know. Amen? And the world is glad to fill in the blanks. Amen? And so you make sure to share those godly values with them. Beersheba did it in spite of her fast. Well, look what she said now. This comes on strong, all right? And again, Solomon's become king. So, so, you know, he's not a, he's not a teenager anymore, right? What, watch what she says to him. She says this. Oh, my son, son of my womb. Boy, I want you to know I carried you in my belly. That's what she's saying right now. I want you to know I carried you. I gave birth to you. You better listen to me. <laughs> None of your moms ever said anything like that, right? Oh, son of my vows, do not spend strength on women your vigor on those who will ruin kings. Boy, listen up. Because you become king and all them women are chasing after you. And they don't, all they want is your stuff. Y'all don't read the Bible like I do. Amen. I'm telling you. That's what she's saying, right? I mean, you've got to read between the lines. Here it is. Here's that nickname again. It is not for kings, the old Lemuel. Not for kings to drink wine. Not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what the law decrees, and despite all, and, 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 and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. What she was saying is that, that you're a leader, and if you're going out here partying and getting drunk, blasted out of your mind, then you forget about the people that you're responsible for. In other words, when, when you do wrong, when you just get blasted out of your mind, then other people are going to suffer. And one of the things that we must always understand is that we never go down alone. Right. Amen. We never go down alone. You say, well, this is my life, and this is just what I'm going to do. Let me tell you something. Well, every child in this room, when you go down, your parents hurt too. Right. Amen? Amen? They hurt too. And parents, when you go down, your children hurt too. And everybody, every, nobody goes down by them. Nobody has a right to say, well, this is my life and this is the way it's going to be. No, no, no. If you're damaging yourself, you're hurting somebody else too. And that's what she was trying to say. But she was also trying to say that, that Lemuel, listen, Solomon, and so she gave me, nobody else called him Lemuel, but she did. Is it Lemuel? Lemuel? I want you to know this. Is that when you, when you lose the godly values in your life and you quit living by godly values, you, de- you devalue you. Did you see that? That's why God's Word is so important. It gives value to you. It gives value to your life. It makes you better. It makes you better. I know. I thank God every day because I know that all the th- every good thing that's come in my life is because of the values that I've been able to practice from God's Word that made me better. Amen? It's those values, those godly values. When you value what God says, it gives value to you. It brings value to you. And if there's ever been a message that our, the next generation here needs to hear is this. Is it's not, about, it's not about what you look like. It's not about what you accomplish. It's about who you are. It brings value to you. Amen? Because you're never going to be able to get enough stuff to make you feel fulfilled. 
And you're never going to be popular enough. You're never going to get enough likes, never enough likes on your social media, enough loves. You're not going to get enough of those little hearts on your social media to make you feel valued. What makes you feel valued is that when you take on God's values, and then you can value yourself. Amen? Thank God. When you start living, when you start living your life by how many likes you get, you're in trouble. I just need one like. Just one. God Almighty, amen? If he can give me that like, all right? And then, and then listen, I, 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 do, I do appreciate Rhonda's likes too. i tell you that right now. That's right. Live for that. Live for that. Now, how do you do this? Well, we're going to give wisdom in bite sizes. Give godly values in bite sizes. Everybody in the room, give wisdom in, in bite sizes. Like, you know, let me just speak to the parents just a moment. Don't, don't, don't be stupid like I've been. Gosh, I've messed this up. When my kids were smaller, I would get them in the car with me and lock the door. Driving down the road, and I'd say, okay, let me, and I would give them a Bible lesson every time they got in the car with me. Guess what? I started to say, hey, it's time. Dad's got to run over here. Come on, let's go with me. They'd run to the other rooms. No, not another Bible lesson. You see, it's not about sitting down with a five-year-old and having a one-hour Bible study with them. <laughs> Two people going to go crazy, you and them. But it's bite sizes. It's a day-in and day-out kind of things. And that's exactly what Bathsheba was trying to do. She was trying to say, hey, and I know we just read that portion of Scripture, and it sounded like she laid down the boom. No, no, she was just giving a little bit and saying, now listen, son, I'm going to tell you something. You're watching women. I see them. They're chasing you right now. But it's just because you're king. You see, as soon as you lose that kingship, they're gone. As soon as you lose that. So look into the eyes of the woman that loves you, that's your wife, and you look to her for, for strength and encouragement. Amen? That's what she was trying to say. And so how do you do this? It's through, it's through bite sizes. And how do you get bite sizes? In conversations. Having conversations with our children, no matter what age they are. Let me tell you something. Again, I thank God for my parents. They're still alive. Thank God for them. And they still pour into me. They still, still say the things that, 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 you know, hit home and I think about. And I want to do that no matter how, what age your parents are. Remember that. So have conversations. How do you have conversations? You ask questions. Now, you say, well, Jeff, I got a teenager, and I can ask them a question. They go, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a secret that I learned from the FBI. You want to know it? I'm, I'm not kidding. I read a book from the FBI. Okay, and this is what he said. Whenever you want someone to talk, this is what you do. You try it out today, all right? You, you go out to eat or whatever, you try this out. Whenever someone says something, says something, and you want them to keep talking, you just repeat the last phrase they said. And stop. Don't say anything else. You repeat the last thing they said, and it's guaranteed they're going to say something else. Now, you try it this afternoon, all right? I want you, you can email me and say, Jeff, I tried that and it worked. And yeah, because I got it from the FBI, everybody. Now, I'm going to go tell you why I was being interrogated by them, but in. <laughs> Remember that. So it's conversation, not criticism. Criticism doesn't change anybody. There's a difference between correction and criticism. See, you, you know, one thing, you, first of all, you've got to have a connection before you can give correction. 
It's correction before criticism. I mean, uh, yes, yeah, criticism and correction are different. But remember, a conversation, and then it's not criticism. And let me tell you something. We want to get bite-sized with them. That's why church is so important. I know you think I'm the pastor and I'm supposed to say this to you, but I'm telling you, it's called I love you. It's the bite-sized things, and that's why like, we have kids' church here. You know why we have that? It's so that your kids can get bite-sized wisdom in a way that they can understand it. That's why kids' church is so important. That's why we have a student ministry here. It's because that they need bite-sized wisdom that, in a way that they can understand it. You know, there's two things that we want for your children. First of all, when they come to church, we want them to have fun. Because if they don't have fun, they ain't coming back. And if they ain't coming back, you're not coming back. You're not going to drag somebody and say, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. No, we want them saying, oh, is it Sunday yet? I want to go. We don't, some of them are dragging you here. You're here today because some of them say, oh, is it Sunday yet? And the other thing we want them to do is learn. They want to have fun and learn. Because they gotta, we want to have that bite-sized with them. So let me just tell you, why don't you go ahead and make this decision right now. Let's make it a priority. On, the back, on your connection card, it says this. I will make it a priority to take my children to church. You say, why is that important, Pastor? Because one day, something that they learned in church is going to come back to help them not make a mistake. It's going to come back up, everybody. It's going to come back up. Okay. All right. I can see you ready now. To, let's give it the fingers, everybody. Here we go. You ready? Come on. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? I can do it. And so can you. How to release, how to release this pressure? So you've learned now when you go go home. And now listen, remember, it's fingers, everybody, all right? Some of you are going to go home and put it on social media. My pastor told me I give everybody the fingers when I get overwhelmed. The finger, fingers, okay, not finger. Okay, how to release this pressure. Number three is this. It's make small faith deposits into the heart of your children. Small faith deposits. And that's what we find here in Proverbs 31. Now, here we go. I'm about to read you Proverbs 30, 31, and it makes, it makes this woman sound like Wonder Woman. This is the part where it all of a sudden is like, you know, this is not doable. But understand, this is Solomon writing about his mother. Again, she's older now. She may be at the point about to die, and he's saying whatever he can say to make her feel good, everybody. Okay, understand. Ladies, you understand. When you read Proverbs 31, understand the context. He, he's writing this to his mother, and he's trying to say something great about his mother. So he probably inflamed, uh, uh, you know, uh, inflated his words. They're probably inflammatory, right? I mean, it's like, whoa, this is probably not really the 100% truth, but mom, you're it. Look what he says. Her children arise and call her blessed. Some of you will say, that'll be the day. Her husband also praises her. Listen to this. Many women do noble things, but you, mama, okay, you, mom, surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. Now, I don't know what he's saying right there. Mom, you look good one day, but today you ain't so good. <laughs> Doesn't that sort of sound, oh, I'm sorry, you does, I don't, doesn't it sound sort of like that, what he's saying? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be what? To be praised. You know what you're saying? David was saying, Mom, you've imparted faith in me. 
is that you've let me see that you have not always been perfect. But I want you to know that because of your faith, and so it's not all the deeds that you've done. You were a hard worker. We thank you for that. You were a very beautiful lady. I mean, thank you. You know, Mom, that's awesome. But what, what, is, what, is made, what stuck with me, Mom, is that your faith in God is that you put it inside of me. It's, it's inside of me. And even though I've tried to go crazy, and, and those of you that read the Bible know that Solomon went crazy. I mean, he was the wisest man to ever live, but he did some stupid stuff. One of them was have 700 wives. That was crazy. Read the Bible, people. I'm telling you what, it's better than anything you read on social media. I can tell you that. God didn't hide anything. And so we see that. Now, let me tell you this. She gave him that nickname, Lemuel. Nobody else called him Lemuel. Everybody else said Solomon. She said Lemuel. Why did she say that? Because Lemuel meant two things. It meant this. It meant for God. It meant for God or devoted to God. That's what it meant. So every time she was saying Lemuel, she was saying for God or remember you're devoted to God. In other words, remember, boy, I want to tell you something. No matter how high and mighty you get, and you're king, and everybody thinks you all that and a, and a box of chocolates, but you're not, because I know who you are. And if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be where you are. It's God that made a way. It's God that will continue to make a way. And don't you forget who you are, Lemuel. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. She reminded him of that by that name that she gave him as who he was. Who he was. He's God. He was gift. It's God for him. What she was saying is that, listen, remember that God is always for you, and remember that God, you are always to be for God. Amen? Yeah. You are to be for God, to be for him. We find another family in the Bible talking about faith that you can pass your faith on, and that's what we want to talk about. Because if there's ever been a time in our world that we need to pass our faith on, it's now. Because, you know, they're telling us that the... That, that, Christianity's dying in America. They tell us that, you know, the younger generation is not interested in that. And I just don't believe that for one minute. You see, they want to tell you so you'll give up. But we don't give up. And the Bible says it's about this guy, Timothy. Paul's writing to Timothy. Look what he says here. He says this to him. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded is... In you also, notice that, this has been passed down, that faith has been passed down. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Here we go. This is what faith does, right? Watch what he said. For God has not given us a spirit of what, everybody? Fear. Of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. In other words, here's what he's saying. Faith is transferable, but so is fear. Either we're going to transfer fear to our children and they're going to live with it the rest of their lives because they've seen us constantly freaking out, or, or we're going to transfer faith. And we're going to let them know that, hey, listen, if this generation needs to know that, that God is with them, everybody. They need to have faith right now. The, the reason that suicide rate is at an all-time high is because they've lost hope. They feel like they, they can't make it. But I'm telling you, listen, it's, it's Jesus Christ is the answer that He's the hope of the world. Amen. Our kids need that. They need that. 
For God's not given you the spirit of fear. That fear that you're facing is not from God, but God has given you one of power and the sound mind. That you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to live in anxiety and depression over time, over every situation of your life. You can know that God's got you, that God's with you, and that God is for you, and God never gives up on you, and God's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. And if you've got God, you've got all you need, and you can make it. Amen? You can make it. You can make, I want everybody to, listen, I wish you could just see inside of my heart and to tell you that you can make it. And I don't care what you're going through right now, but you just hang on with God. And you say, I don't see how. These people run out on me and, and they've let me down and the world let me down. Well, listen, we may have let you down, but God will lift you up and God will take you through and God will get you through. And you hold on to God. Don't you ever give up on God. That's our faith, everybody. It's the hope that we have. It's, it's the light. It's our strength. Jesus Christ is still the answer, and he's still the hope. Amen? God is dope. Oh, yeah. I've seen that on a T-shirt. I know it. I'm, I'm cool like that. See, I can read T-shirts. Somebody had a t-shirt on the gym said, God is dope. I said, all right, I guess that's good. He's dope. Because if you don't have hope, you will go to dope. But when you got hope, you can say no to dope. Amen? Matthew 17 and 20. Jesus realized that we need his faith and we got to pass it on. And then what he says, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say this mountain, move here to there, and it will move. Now look at this last part. Everybody, this is a promise to you. It's a promise. It's not just a promise to your grandmother. It's a promise to you. Let's read it out loud. You ready? Nothing will be impossible for you. A mustard seed. What size is that? Look at this picture. This is what we're talking about. Jesus said just a little bit. It's a little bit of faith. Not a lot of faith, but a little faith. If you have just a little, you can make it another day. It's that faith that's passed on. I'm pretty emotional today. This week I attended a funeral of one of my friends, Kevin Harris. This is his picture. Three years ago, he stood right here and spoke to our church. Kevin's story is this, is that in November, his father, who was perfectly healthy, contracted coronavirus and died. And Kevin is still mourning that to some degree. And then, a week ago, Kevin was perfectly healthy. He got up on that morning he felt a little bit dizzy for some reason. He hadn't experienced, thought maybe it was allergies or something. And he fell in his bedroom. And fortunately, his wife was working from home. He yelled, and she come in there and helped him up. And they called the paramedics, and they decided they'd take him in for some observations. As he was getting into the, the ambulance, the first responders there were asking him all these questions. He was answering every one of them. When they quit asking him the questions, he simply said this, My God's got me. My God's got me. My God's got me. From the time that he left there, 
that ride in the ambulance, he went home to be with Jesus. He had a massive heart attack, one they called the widow maker. Those signs know nothing. As I was at his service this week, he has three daughters. And the youngest daughter, the one who had been through a bad season, she had just moved in with, with her baby because she'd been through a bad season. She steps up and she begins to talk. She says, I never knew grief before until my grandfather passed away. She said, grief hurts and it's bad and I hate it. I experienced grief. But then she said, now this, here I stand, not even six months later, and my daddy was perfectly healthy. So I was looking forward to my, my baby getting to grow up and know him. He's not here. She says, grief has stolen from me, and death has stolen from me and my child. But she said this, I will never forget as long as I live. She says, death and grief may have taken my grandfather out of my life at this juncture. And now death and grief may have taken my father out of my life at this point. But one thing that death and, death and grief will never do, it will never take the faith of God that my grandmother and my grandfather gave me and it will never take the faith that God that my father and my mother put inside of me that I stand here today coming out of a bad season knowing that that God Almighty is in me and even though things are bad that God is still good and God's still on the throne and I'm hurting today my heart is breaking but I still have faith that God's got me and he's got my family and that God's going to take care of us I believe that see it's only a person you never know when you're going to need the faith you never know one day you will need it and if the seeds are there it will come up at the right time today if you're not a Christ follower look I'm talking to you because I care about you and I want to do my part to just put a little bit inside of you because one a day is coming that you're gonna need it and that's all you got and let me just tell you something you don't know that God's all you need until God's all you got. Every one of us is going to be there. So today I want to pray this prayer. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's where faith begins. I'm just asking you to bow your heads with me, and you don't have to say it out loud, but today as I pray, you've got to say it and mean it in your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you today to help me. Help me. Help me to do what you want me to do. That I can be the person you created me to be. I'm tired of the struggle, God. I'm tired of the fight. Fighting against you. So forgive me and come into my life, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen, everybody. Amen. Let's give God a hand for that.
those of you that made that decision in this room and those of you that are online watching, please check your connection cards that I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower. And please, everyone, put it in the buckets as you leave today so that we can pray for you and send you some resources that will help you. I want to do something right before our band comes to sing our last song. I'd like for every mother in this room, if you would, just to stand, please, every mom. Wow, isn't this a good-looking group of moms? We applaud you. Remain standing, please. Remain, remain standing. I want to pray for you. I want to pray God's favor and blessing over you today. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as I come today to you, Lord, these ladies that are standing before you today, Lord, I will never, ever understand the pressure they're under. I will not be able to understand that. I don't pretend to, God. They have a weight and they have a pressure that I don't even know anything about. But God, I know that you're the one that you help us carry those pressures and those tensions and those weights. And so, Father, I'm asking you today that you would just let your favor rest upon them. God, as I stretch my hands out today toward them, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, that you would just release your favor on their lives and that you would let that faith begin to grow in them and let them know, God, that the labor that they're doing is, the work that they're doing is not in vain, oh God. As a, as a parent, oh God, as, as, as a wife, oh God, or as a single mom, oh God, I, Lord, I just pray that you would just bless them today. As a grandmother today, that you would bless them, oh Lord. I pray, God, that you would rest on them and they would always know this, oh God. Lord, as long as they're going with God, that your Lord, as they follow you, Lord, your favor will follow them. And I pray this today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's sccview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.